Did you know that the New Year's resolution practiced today originated 3,000 years ago in ancient Babylon? Is this a practice that we should continue today? Join us as we take this time to stop and think about it. Hello? Hello, anybody home? I think, McFly, think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It, a podcast for the Christian thinker. In a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment and the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual, this podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it. Greetings, friends and foes, saints and sinners. Thank you for joining us for the first 2023 episode of the Stop and Think About It podcast. I'm Phil the Bronx Expositor here with co-host Glenroy, the West Indian wordsmith. How are you doing, Glenroy? And co-host Nick, a.k.a. the Puerto Rican Puritan. How are you doing, Nick? What's up? Ready, good. Uh, do you realize that this year, should Jesus tarry, we will be hitting the 50th podcast probably around February? Gotta love that. Pun intended. <laughs> it took you a minute. <laughs> I, 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 missed I, got, I, I, I got it a few minutes ago. All right. it, was, <laughs> it, it was a holiday pun. It went right over Glenn Roy's head because, you know, yeah, he didn't do holidays. I don't do holidays. Except for his yeah. birthday. So I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, yeah. See, he's a download Jehovah Witness. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, man! Or and he's a witness the, the, for the true Jehovah, though. The, you know? the funny thing is, the Puerto Rican Puritan doesn't know the Puritans didn't celebrate Christmas either. But that's, that's either oh, here or there. Man. Oh man! Love you, man. Love you, man. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you like a toothache. All right. Like he he missed that part of the Puritans. Why do they hate on Christmas? Why do they hate? Ask the Puritans. They wrote many books about it. <laughs> it was also outlawed. Now you love the so. Puritans. <laughs> now you love them. I didn't. I never. They I didn't never read the, the King Puritans. James. They read the Geneva. So you must... <laughs> still, still better than that. The the NKJVs you guys are reading. Oh, oh man, dang, son. you King. I got down with the axe, yo. <laughs> Listen, I got the ESV. You know the elect standard version. I'm just saying. I got you, the you, NASB, look. man. I What's the NASB in- stand for, Nick? Nick's Authorized Standard Bible. <laughs> oh, I thought that stood for the non-Arminian Standard Bible. From my side of New York, it, it sounds like the Messenger, Message Bible, whatever you guys call Oh, man. Nick. Slang terms. Nick, Nick, he's coming with the... fire. You seen Bolt on the loose. Trust me, Geneva Bible is much better than the rest. I'll give him that. You have a copy of it, Glenn? It's called a KJV. Oh. <laughs> that's the, that's the closest to the Geneva I can get. I actually I have the Geneva Bible. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Have you have you ever actually read it or looked at it? Yes, I read it the oh. other day, actually. Um are you gonna switch? Am I gonna switch? I ref- yeah. I'll I refer to it at times, but the yeah. language mm-hmm. is even more difficult than the King James. And look, if, if it's if it ain't look, this is my thing. I don't believe in it. If it ain't believe- King James, it ain't Bible. I know. No, no. <laughs> I, I don't believe in easy believism. So if it's it's difficult to read, that's that's my book. 
That's your book. Yeah. So <laughs> how many podcasts do you resolve that we'll put out this year, Glenn? 10 to 12. 10 to 12. Nick? I don't know. No clue. No clue. <laughs> I'm not a resolving person. I'm not a resolving person. <laughs> All right. Oh, resolve yeah. to do? I just said what's possible, but either way you want to put it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, I think hopefully 12, 12 or more. Uh, but, but who knew that New Year's resolutions went back to 3,000 years ago in ancient uh, Babylon? Did y'all know that? I, I don't really participate, so so I didn't know, but that makes sense. All right. That does make sense. No, Nick, you knew? I didn't have a clue. No. That's two clue. things you didn't have a clue with. Nick, we <laughs> got to get you a clue, man. <laughs> um, so it just seems like there's something about a new year that gives you a feeling of a fresh start, a new beginning for many people. Uh, in reality, is there really any difference between January 31st and, uh, I'm sorry, December 31st and January 1st? Is there really any, is, is there any magic that somehow sparkles in the air? This might be the most uh, quietest podcast I'll be on because I, you know, all days alike for me. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's like a very Nick, strange experience to even talk about this. Nick, he's like, uh, he's like Stallone and Rocky. When Adrian yeah. says, yeah, but it's Thanksgiving. What does Rocky say? It's just another Thursday to me. Exactly. <laughs> to, me it's, to me, it's Thursday. Exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's Glenroy. Glenroy yes. Stallone. I'm not, I'm not going to front. I don't, I don't really, I don't really care for resolutions. I never even made them. So. All right. I mean, it's kind of like the same. I'm in the same boat with Glenn. Mm-hmm. You know, we just got two different Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't think the Bible speaks necessarily for or against the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if a Christian is determined to make a resolution, what kind uh, would they possibly make? Um, now, we all know preachers that build powerful legacies. Uh, any preacher come to mind to you that built uh, a powerful legacy? This Pastor Peter Count? Well... Yeah. Do you have to be, you don't have to be dead to build a legacy, right? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a, Nick. Uh, that's, a, that's a great pick. <laughs> that's a great pick. Boom. Drop that the is, mic. That is a great pick. I don't, I don't know if I want to follow that. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get premium seats at church this week. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yo, yo Glenroy, you can have my seat, bro. <laughs> I can, so, feel, I can feel your seat is like you can feel a conviction like on your face like warm and hot. <laughs> right he's, for the people who don't know he sits right in the front so he's getting, he's getting a full there dose all right so so live guys that built a powerful legacy pastor peter nick who anyone else including pastor peter i mean there's a lot i mean th- th- does it have to be a good legacy uh, <laughs> yeah, a powerful legacy well a preacher legacy well, we might we might reference somebody who had uh, a legacy that kind of went downhill. But Nick, what about what about that guy who kept prophesying the world's going to end over and over again? He left a legacy, right? Oh, Harold Camping. Harold Camping, that's the guy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and the Jehovah's Witnesses try to do that four times as well. But who's counting, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they think they're the they're the real organization. It's moving on, moving on. All right, Nick, give me your preacher, modern day preacher. A modern day preacher that modern day preacher built a strong legacy. RC Sproul. RC Sproul. Okay. I I I I I actually like this preaching. Mm. I know some people felt like twenty three minutes long. 
He was more of a professor, but I, I liked I liked his sermons. His sermons yeah. were like short and potent. Yeah, you know? like no notes. Seen a floodlight and a <laughs> a laser. I, no notes. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, Aussie's bro is really impactful to my life. I remember yeah. when I first got saved. It's funny because I was intimidated by him. I felt like this guy's too smart for me to listen to. <laughs> wow. All right. But, you know, uh, when I started listening to him, I really regretted it. I was like, wow, I wish I would have listened to this guy sooner. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I would say R.C. Sproul. I got to meet R.C. Sproul in Philadelphia with Jose, our Puerto Rican deacon. And I tried so many times to meet him uh at this conference in philly and every time i went up uh they said he needed to rest because he had a copd and he had this oxygen tank and the tubes going in um so then i cut once i kind of like gave up we i said all right jose i guess we're not gonna get to meet dr sproul so we went down the stairs and boom he pops out of like this side door from the church and we were like right there and he like he rolled right in front of us in his little scooter cart thing there. And uh, I quickly took a picture with him and then boom, he was in the, whatever, his little, his car and, and off. But it happened like so quick. <laughs> so I, I was really blessed that the Lord allowed me to do that. Uh, and then got to be in his church, um, St. Andrews in Florida, when we visited, uh, when we went to Florida one year. We got to stand in the pulpit he preached in. That thing is awesome. It's huge. I mean, it's huge. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pulpits. There's nothing like this one. <laughs> I think it was bigger than MacArthur's pulpit. Um, so I think that uh, ah, I kind of have a tough uh, between like Vody and Lawson. Uh Love both of their preaching. Learn more about about preaching mechanics from Lawson. But Can I pick love, three? Can I pick three? Love the apologetics and the way uh, Vody preaches. All right. Oh, again. Lawson. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> I was. That I co-signed co out. That's two. my guy. Yeah, I got my that guy. That's my guy. That was two. You said Pastor. No, 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 no. I, I brought a bad one too. We had a good. And a oh, bad. right. Oh, it can be. Oh, okay. All right. Stand corrected. Well, at least sit corrected. Um, <laughs> So I, I think you'd agree that you um, you can't build a powerful legacy for God's glory overnight. It takes time, commitment, trials, hardships. Uh, just think of what many of the reformers endured, what many Puritans had to go through, what the disciples had to go through, and more importantly, and and, and the the pinnacle of 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 the mountain here, uh, what our Lord, what our Savior endured uh, to build a to build a legacy not that he lived to build a legacy he just lived uh for truth per se um but although you can't build a godly legacy overnight uh you could tear it down in a night and i, I don't know if you're familiar i know uh glenroy mentioned harold camping and so obviously he said the church age is over and people sold their homes and they gave away money and they drove around trucks that said the end is near and, and all of it went to nothing. Mm. Um, but there was another uh, famed, uh, he wasn't really a preacher, but an apologist, Robbie Zacharias. You're familiar with him? A, a little bit. Uh, some of the TV, he's a TV evangelist in my mind. But uh, yeah, I, I 
a little bit of him. I, I saw some TV videos. It was very bland. He, he didn't say anything that I was um, that I heard that was crazy. I, I don't think we agree theologically, but he wasn't as you know like some of the ones on TV that were saying some ridiculous things. Okay, Nick, anything there? I didn't listen to Ravi. No All way. right, short and sweet. He he, he he wasn't smart enough for him. You know, <laughs> he wasn't at the RC level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I used to listen to him. Very philosophical. Um, spoke eloquently. Was kind of uh, touted as you know an intellect among intellectuals. Mm-hmm. Went to mm-hmm. colleges and did kind of open forum. Uh, somebody would ask him a question. He would always go, that's a fascinating question. It reminds me of this story. But, you know, I mean, uh, some of the things that he said I really liked and, and you know, maybe one or two things I still use. Um, and despite the fact that he went over the world and um, was very f- philosophical, uh, it seems that there was a lot of uh, a big thing missing overall which was the gospel itself um so in trying to defend the gospel he should have really used the gospel and i think that's what led to his downfall um he had been found to have been in massage parlors and uh got involved in much a sexual sin um and not only did he come down but then his whole ministry crumbled um, and a lot of women were greatly damaged because of his sexual sin. And so, boom, I mean, it came down and it came down hard. And I, you know what, what um, saddens my heart, though, it, it, gives a, it gives a black eye to the gospel in the sense that many look to him as representing of the gospel. And so now, y'all, look at this preacher, look at this Christian preacher, uh, speaker, uh, you know, listen, that's how they are behind the scenes. So, you know, in, in that regards, you know, it, it gave kind of the gospel, it gave Christ a black eye in that respect. Of course, we know that nothing could overcome the church, not even the gates of hell can overcome the church. So when, you know, we certainly wouldn't say that, uh, you know, that his, his downfall led to the demise of the church can't happen. Um, but as you uh, began thinking about the new year, did you set goals, patterns, commitments, or anything like that uh, in, in your life at all? Anything? No, I'm not, I've never set a resolution in my life. <laughs> okay. I've never uh, had one. I think if we take it from the realm of like this um, magical thing, I, I think, you know, even for me who doesn't care about dates, it's there's something you know, about one, one, you know, one, one knowing, okay, like, you know, maybe not me, but I know other people who've said, all right, I'm going to read the Bible, the entire Bible within a year. And then they go through a plan um, for that sense. Or you say, you know what, this year, I'm going to really focus on my health or something like that. I think that's normal. I think people, everyone kind of does that. Now, whether I write it down and make a big deal about it, um, I've never done, but yeah, you know, beginning of the year, you say, you know what, this year, I'm going to try to deal with my finances a little better. And maybe not a formal thing but it's like hey now i can start fresh with a new year right have you guys so nick nothing glenn have you done any of that i'm gonna finances diet exercise reading anything i haven't personally did it but i like i said i know a lot of people who've done that that's why i gave those examples 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So those are some kind of common areas, finances, mm-hmm. diet, exercise, uh, spiritual disciplines, maybe mm-hmm. uh, increase or or begin or strengthen, what have you. Um, what do you think is the success rate of, of making those resolutions? Zero point zero. No, no, I'm sorry. Zero point zero three percent. Yeah, I think COVID numbers. COVID. <laughs> Maybe around the second week, it starts to dip down, and people are kind of you know back to where they were. You think they make it to two weeks? Well. It's, yeah, some, you're optimistic. Some, well, you know, I try to be. I try to be. You know, I, don't I just figure be. what what if I didn't start it when you know, in the middle of the year or at any point where I probably should have started it. What's the difference? What's what's the special thing about starting it on the first of January? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, usually, usually you're at the holidays. You're starting back work. You had like free time to think about what you wanted to do. And then you can measure from then to like six months rather than starting in April 22. It's kind of hard to know if you did anything, but you can tell by March that you didn't do it. I think that's one of the reasons why they do it. Even though I think you and Nick, you and I are in the same boat, but I think for most people, it's like, all right, by March, I can see what I've done. Like, it's really hard to keep track of it. I think too, like emotion, right? You got you got Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these yeah. different types of emotions. Mm. A lot of time people get nostalgic and and then all of a sudden <laughs> they want to have something start brand new and it's just you know you start off with a fire and it fizzles. So you know firecrackers they don't last that long, <laughs> especially when they have a short fuse. <laughs> but uh, not that I really firecrackers. Um, (laughs) yeah, I think my pops used to, uh, he used, they used to go around and collect firecrackers, you know, from everyone who had them illegally, which is pretty much everybody and then bring them home to us, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) just saying, have you ever heard of life resolutions? Not like new year's resolutions, but things that, you know, this is not something I'm just planning to implement in the new year, but I I need to make like a drastic change in my life with something and put that in place. Okay. And you just dropping a lot of knowledge. 3000 years ago, Babylon and uh, <laughs> life resolution. I've heard of life verses. Like, you know, in the Bible, they say this verse is my life verse. I've heard of that. Oh yeah. And one of the favorite one, uh, everybody uses what Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to prosper. And, you know, nobody ever picks uh, <laughs> the hard, the hard, the hardest death. Yeah, the kid and you hate, you, yeah. <laughs> that's my life first. <laughs> yeah, unless you hate your father, mother, sister, you know, like you can't be my disciple. You know? Take up your cross and follow me. That's my life first. <laughs> <laughs> nobody picks Jeze- us as life. Nobody first. picks Jezebel will be eaten by the dogs. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's my life verse <laughs> the disciple who sops that the bread oh that's me that's fine I my life verse right there. jesus said one of you will betray me <laughs> that's my life verse dog. it's my life verse now <laughs> i've been so living much, that right? from day one i haven't changed one minute glamour <laughs> <laughs> do you have a life verse is there a verse that like just there there, there's know. a verse that resonates with me. I don't know if it's a life verse, but like, you know, um, for 
uh, Hosea 6, 6, for, for, for he desires mercy and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And also the one about um, the, the, the um, well, KJV version. It's like a, uh, it's a two by four, the way you guys say it, two by four in your eye and the other guy has a speck. Those two kind of hit me hard. And, oh, oh, we can keep going, right? And the other one is that Jesus, uh, cast your cares, up, cares upon God because he cares for you. Those, okay. I don't know if those life verses, but those mm-hmm. hit me hard. All right. So Nick, besides Jesus wept, what other ones you got? <laughs> you, you took like 10, 20% of his like verses, right? <laughs> that's the that's the max of my memory, my scripture memory. <laughs> the in, in the beginning is another one, right? That's a, that's a life yeah. verse right there. That's a phrase, so <laughs> I can do it. What do you got, Nick? Um I think the verse that's always but I kind of use it to to you know remind me uh of the gospel and to stay on track in this uh Galatians 2:20 where I've been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me you mm. know I just it's just a reminder it's a verse that I always go to to mm. remind me to stay on track I mean there's verses that um that in life we would memorize just, you know, if we have a sin that we're struggling with and we'll, we'll memorize a scripture to, um, you know, to use it, to remember to to stay away from that sin. To combat. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one preacher calls them fighter verses because they're fighting against specific uh, sins of the flesh. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, Jesus did that in, the uh temptation in the wilderness he used scripture to combat um excuse me I, i'd probably say uh, matthew 4 19 when jesus said follow me and i'll make you fishers of men hence if you follow him he'll make you into this if you don't follow him well you know you're going to be an aquarium keeper um, I would definitely say that that's your life verse. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, I'm just making these connections right now. So you have a ministry called Soul Fishing Ministries. I, it never dawned on me. I never saw. This never is saw like that. yeah, your look, life verse. <laughs> audio, look, listeners, audience, you're you're getting some 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 behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's not even the outtakes <laughs> um so yeah i mean uh that one for sure um and i think uh another go-to one is man there's there's so many i got like a you know like a rolling scroll in my head right now uh a scary place to be but i i really um it does keep me in check where jesus does say um unless you hate your father mother sister brother yes even you own your life you can't be my disciple unless you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me you can't be my disciple Uh, discipleship is costly and so it reminds me that the christian life is not supposed to be a life of ease although it is a life of joy it's not supposed to be a life of you know sitting on the beach and relaxing taken in the sun but you know life of of being a slave for christ and so um but a joyful slave nevertheless so um i mean there are many others but uh here my lord sent me uh so i mean there there's a ton but in daniel 1 8 um 
Daniel says, well, it says, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. And not that there was anything particularly ungodly about the meat itself or about the drink itself, but it was what it represented uh, as they sat at that table because they were brought into exiled into Babylon. Um, you know, no pun intended. That's where our New Year's resolutions came from. Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> I, got, um, I, got a, I got a question. Oh, <clears throat> this is all you, Glenn. <laughs> so do you, do, do you think that like, I'm just thinking like when people make resolutions typically, right? Is it, is it, you think it's like a matter of willpower? I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of like saying, this is what I'm going to do for the you know rest of the year that it kind of takes away on dependence upon God and trusting in the Lord. Um, you know, to to kind of resolve to do something as as like Daniel, as we read in Daniel. I mean, <clears throat> I just wonder like if there's an aspect of that kind of I'm gonna do this in my own strength type of thing to resolutions. There could be a hundred. I mean, there definitely could be. Um, I think as we look at Daniel, uh, Daniel certainly wasn't thinking that he was going to do any of this in his own strength. Um, Because, I mean, they changed Daniel's clothes, they changed his name, they changed his learning, they changed his language. Uh, They took everything of Jerusalem out of Daniel, but they couldn't take, you know, um, I'm sorry, they took Daniel out of Jerusalem, they couldn't take Jerusalem out of Daniel, they couldn't take God's word out of him. So they, they painted the outside as much as they possibly can. They could not mess with 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 the inward in him. And so when he resolved, he wouldn't defile himself. I mean, it had possible ramifications to it. Uh, Death (laughs) could have been one of them, Uh, but he's willing to put himself out there because it represented idolatry in his sight, not just like going to halal cart. And if you don't know what they do in Islam, they, they kind of sacrifice the meat and, toward Allah and toward Mecca and so I mean it's idolatrous even in that sense so someone could choose to eat halal meat today or not eat it I mean that would be a conscious issue but for these men this was this was idolatry in their sight and so by by the power of God and by the grace of God um the the main person in charge of all this, the the, the eunuch, um, the king's eunuch, uh, kind of put his neck on the line because he could have been <laughs> uh, killed too if things didn't turn out well. And said basically, "I'll I'll let you eat vegetables for ten days, and then you know we'll check it out. If it doesn't work, then you know the deal's over." And so God gave him favor in that. And I think the whole focus was the the resolution, the resolve was, was centered around who God is and what God called them to be and what God called them to represent. They were to be different from Babylon, even though they were in Babylon, they were not to be of Babylon. Glenn, anything to add? So I have a two part answer to that question. So I think 
for you and me, because we don't really look at days as being necessarily special. Um, I obviously there's some special days in everyone's life, but the part of it that that I think fits what you're saying, Nick, is let's say you're resolving not to drink anymore, right? It's November 26th. You're making up in your mind that starting January 1st, I'm going to stop drinking. But you continue to drink <laughs> until that point, right? Or it's water. It's only water. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell. And, you know, or you make another resolution to do your finances, but you spend like, like, like there's no money, there's no tomorrow to that point. So in that sense, you're doing it in your own strength. Contrast that with Daniel. He said at that moment, he could have said, let me eat some of the meat, smooth everything out, and then I'll make mm. this resolution a little bit later when it's more convenient for me. So I think one of the reasons why resolutions fail and one of the reasons why I think it is selfish is because you're making a conscious decision to make it on a special day. When we would say, once the conviction of your heart has been placed on by God, you do it then. Once you realize that's because you're making a resolution to do something that you think is harmful to you, why wait? Mm -hmm. and it, and <laughs> why that's... get a couple more drinks in before you do it? Yeah, That's the part, I think, where the selfishness comes in, as a, where it could be a good resolution to stop something bad. And that, and that, and that shows, like, Daniel's heart, what was already there all along. Yes. Right? That he was a servant of God and he was committed to God. And even like you're saying too, like, you know, um that 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 also affects like sexual perversion. Mm -hmm. Right? When when the guy's he he's he's about to get hitched, right? And mm -hmm. he's he's got, you know, one last night before he's a bachelor. The next day, right. And the next day he's gonna get married. And that night, you know, he does all types of perverse things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Aren't you committed now to your wife? <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you need the ring and the wedding to do it, you probably don't need the ring and the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if my bachelor party, I just shot my friends. I went, we were in paintballing. <laughs> I said I shot my friends. My resolution this year is to shoot my friends as much as they I shot at me too. Though. <laughs> hit and not be hit. What a bachelor party! <laughs> I think he needs to revise some of those light verses he mentioned. <laughs> um, but thou shalt not go whoring after another. <laughs> Paintballing. Paintballing. So, um, yeah. So, guys, if you're looking for an idea, paintballing. I didn't mean to go off topic. That's right. No, no, that was that wasn't off topic. I think uh, it kind of shines what Daniel did because I'm telling you, if if I was placed in the same situation, I'd have been like, all right, I'm going to stand firm next week, right? I wouldn't have done it then <laughs> next week. I got inconvenient. You. <laughs> Remember, it's inconvenient because he could have ate some of the food and then had the resolutions later when he was when he was more comfortable. He said, no, this might cost me my life, but mm -hmm. I resolved to not. I, I can't control my name and all these different things that you've done, but I can control what I put in my mouth and I'm not going to eat this. And this is, and I'm going to do it today, not starting next week. Mm. And, and, yeah. and, I, and that, that ties in very well. And I think that's a, a resol a life resolution in the sense that I, I'm committing myself this moment, regardless what day and hour it is to do something for the Lord as opposed it, to, or in, in the, in, 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 in what the, do what the Lord wants me to do is what I should say. Yeah. And just to add, um, you know, in uh, here in the scriptures, it is verse what uh, down here, 
um, he says, like, why would you endanger? So why? So you would endanger my head with the king? Mm-hmm. And Daniel said, the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah, mm-hmm. catch your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables, eat water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat at the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So, I mean, I think to really <clears throat> um, tie a bow around what Nick was mentioning, I think that that alone shows that he really trusted in God because he had to get everybody on board. He had to get yeah. the eunuch on board. And if it didn't go well, his head was on the line. And then he had to surmise that he was go- that they were going to be better in appearance at the end of the 10 days than those they were eating from the king's table. He could have made that happen. And so I think everything was done uh, by faith in that regards. Mm-hmm. So Daniel is just a really a great example um, because not only that, but ungodly eyes were watching him because he was in the midst uh, of an ungodly, just whole culture and atmosphere. Um, there was nothing about God anywhere you looked. Uh, he was in a cesspool of sin, and yet he stayed pure. So praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hope for us believers that live in, uh, in our liberal cities um, in the United States and all over the world. Now, <clears throat> I do want to draw your attention to um, a man who I know that we all know that did make resolutions and his name would be Jonathan Edwards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was a, this is one of the dead guys. So uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards, I believe he was the first president of Princeton university. Um, Just a profound theologian. Many have called him America's greatest theologian. Um, and just a couple of his resolutions and then kind of what he did with them. So he writes 70 resolutions. Um, here's one of them being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help. There's Nick's what Nick was focusing on. I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. So I think that that is the aspect of let me. Uh, let me make these so far as it's in accordance with the will of God for my life. Um, And only by his help then would I be able to keep them. And then he says, remember to read over these resolutions once a week. So he was consistent with them. And then he sought from there to write 70 resolutions and outlining how he wanted to live his life. I want to live my life in this way. So to Glenn's point, he did not wait for a holiday or a special day mm-hmm. to do this. This was, it's in my heart to live for God. I want to write down how practically I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I respect that. Um, I think it's a good practice. Certainly wouldn't dogmatically say everybody should do that. But I think that, I mean, I would encourage people, nevertheless, 
uh, to do something like that. I mean, in one sense, it makes a lot of sense. How do you want to live your life? Well, we write down uh, other things in our lives, right? I want to go here. I want to do that. We write down goals maybe for our lives, but how do I want to live my life practically for the God that died on the cross for my sin? How do I want to live practically uh, amidst the body of Christ on whom I love and serve Christ with? Um, and so writing these out, I think, and looking at them and being consistent and reminding yourself, this is how I ought to live my life. I, I think it's definitely a worthy um, a worthy undertaking uh, to take. So uh, I personally wrote out uh, 50 because I didn't feel like I was worthy to write as many as Jonathan Edwards. And I referenced some of his in my resolutions and they had to do with various aspects of the Christian life um, and using the various scripture verses and things like that. I pulled from different places, but um, it's helpful, I think, to remind ourselves, this is how I want to live. Uh, here's one, uh, number 40, resolve to inquire every night before I go to bed, whether I've acted in the best way possible that I could with respect to eating and drinking. So how did I do with, with diet? Uh, relationships. Resolve never to do anything out of revenge. And so it was just thing after thing. Uh, resolve, number six, to live with all my might while I do live. And uh, Nick, I think especially you're going to love this one. Resolve, if I ever shall fail to grow dull so as to neglect to keep any part of these resolutions to repent of all I can when I come to myself again. <laughs> so, I mean, he would, ha have you guys ever looked over his 70 resolutions? Yeah. Too many. <laughs> and, uh, I, read, uh, um, I read Lawson's book on it. Um, okay. Jonathan Edwards. Nick Lawson's my pick. Sorry. Nick Lawson? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought you called him Nick Lawson. Hey, I, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. He, he's yeah. also my he's also my pastor too, man. There you go. Well, yeah, he's a pastor in training now. Not um, in my eyes. So pray, pray for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you some. He's already right? he's already there. He's already there. He's already there. He's already there for me. Um, and then here's one of the scriptures: resolve to study the scriptures so steadily, consistently, and frequently, as that. I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same. Mm. Um, do you, I mean, do you think that this is a worthy practice for believers? Again, not making it dogmatic that like they have to do this or they're, they're somehow less of a Christian. Any thoughts? I, I'm going to leave this up to Nick Lawson here. All right. <laughs> I and think, uh, it's extremely admirable, that's for sure. And yeah. Just like uh it's something that I would I would love to do. I I never done it, but you know, because it I think it speaks to like self-accountability. Cause if I'm not if I'm not wrong, he, he read them I think weekly or weekly. Yeah, he read them weekly, you know, so he, he's constantly checking himself. You know, and 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 the man with what his position was, he had to 
make sure that he lived a certain way because otherwise his sermons would mean nothing. You know, his works would mean nothing if his life didn't back it up. And yeah. so, I mean, he, he, <clears throat> he challenged himself, you know, and I think also like he knew he didn't make, he didn't live up to a lot of them throughout the years. And, you know, and he, he even talks about repenting, you know, for every sin that he can recall. Uh, <laughs> you know, so definitely admirable and challenging to myself. I, I think I think it's clear, like why he was successful in the sense that he kept it was one. It wasn't from his own power, right? Yes. It was uh, God glorifying, and also one of the reasons why people fail in their resolutions is they make these grand statements of what they're going to do and they don't look at it every week or every day and they don't go back over it. They, he also had a plan to say, Hey, I know I'm going to fail in this. Like that's the one you read before, but when I get back to myself, I want to be recommitted to it. And people assume once I make this thing, I'm going to like the next favorite one is the gym. I'm going to hit the gym, I'm hit the gym. I'm going to get a gym membership. And, but, but they, there is no plan for when they don't want to go. And, and I and, and I think this is this is the big difference I think between that and also picking goals that you really want to do. Are you going to the gym because you think you're going to look good, or you think it sounds good, or do you really want to, you know, your body's a temple that you want to, you know, you want to make sure you're in the best health to do the things of God, not for yeah, your own yeah, personal. Definitely, definitely. I, and all, uh, to your point again, right? And in, in some of these, in the resolutions, he writes the date. Mm. You know, so mm. it's like you know. He didn't say, I'm going to resolve on January 1st. <laughs> Some of these are different dates. December 22nd, January 7th, January yeah. 11th, July. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm assuming, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming something happened within that day or within that time where mm. he realized that this was something he needed to do for, you know, for his personal holiness. Yeah. A, yeah. A, const a constant, real, uh, sorry, a constant, reevaluation a constant mm -hmm. you know self self um evaluation is going on all the time which in when you do the resolution you check back again in december next year. it's like you know it's not mm -hmm. you're not really seeing where you're growing mm -hmm. and also he's writing things that 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 are timeless things not just a goal that can be done in a right yeah right yeah. right yeah i'm listening god centered yeah, yeah so it's not like I'm going to get the PS5 or PS6 when it comes out and be the first one online on Black Friday. It's not like one of those fly-by-night. <laughs> I'm going to get every you know? iPhone yeah. that comes out. The day it comes out or, you know, like... Sorry, the, Glenroy. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, every time you see a new device. I, I, look, I, I got I to gotta come... I got to really open... Look, look, we gotta, I'm going to reveal oh. some things. Yeah. I've been checking daily to find out what the next... Soul, my brother. <laughs> I, I, I've been checking since yesterday when the next Samsung phone is coming out. So I, 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 I didn't resolve that I would get it, but I am. Yeah, I am yeah right. You resolved. <laughs> in my heart, I have. I've have, verbalized it. I've written it down. You have planted that seed in your heart. <laughs> You'll be the, online the night before in the tent. The, 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 the fancy new phone ain't fancy and new anyway. <laughs> there it is. There it is. See, I told you paying big bucks. You know, Glenn, what is that? What, what is that new phone that's hidden under your tent? <laughs> Look, my, my, new phone, my, my new phone's gonna resolve for me. 
<laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he's gonna get a new phone so he can read his resolution <laughs> in better in better resolution <laughs> so um yeah i you know i think that as a man like this um as he there are different dates and i think that the different dates show that man i need to tighten up on this area of my life in living more in, in biblical holiness and righteousness. And so um, he never lacks and said, well, you know what, that's enough. Um, he, he seemed to really take his walk with God, his relationship with God um, and his life and what his life was going to mean because we, when we die, the two dates that you see are before, right? Sunrise and sunset. And the dash in between represents your whole life, at least on a tombstone. And so uh, you may read Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, I've heard of it, but I pass it when I'm in the bookstore. Okay. So there is a, <laughs> there is a leadership principle in his book that says, begin with the end in mind. And I think Jesus lived that way um, mm, mm. indefinitely, as he mm. said many times, it's, it's not my time yet. And mm. so he knew when his time was. He spoke about his time very often. Uh, Psalm 90, written by Moses, said, you know, teach us to number our days that we might apply uh, our hearts to wisdom. So there is this aspect of, I, I don't know when I'm going to die, but in the time that God has given me, given me breath, I want to live in a certain way. And if I don't define that way, if I don't really strive for that way, then I, I won't just haphazardly just do it. Um, I, need to, I need to live purposefully, or as it says, Daniel resolved that he would not. And, and I think we need to see the flip side of what Daniel did. <clears throat> Daniel resolved that he would not. But then the other side is Daniel resolved that he would. He would worship God and he would put his faith in God, seeing him through with grace and with wisdom and with great mercy and, and with provision. Can't forget God's provision in that because obviously the provision for Daniel did not come through the king's table, but it came from the king's table, the real king. It came from the, the king of kings. And um, <clears throat> I know that, uh, you know, for those that are listening, uh, take a look through Jonathan's 70 uh, resolutions, uh, Jonathan Edwards, and see if that you know sparks anything in you. Maybe you want to make some uh, for your own life. Uh, share it with somebody. Uh, show it to your pastor uh, as well. Um, and how do you want to live your life? Begin with the end in mind. Uh, and I think it's a noble cause. Now, Jonathan Edwards, he preaches most famous sermon. Uh, in American history, what was the name of that sermon? Sermon on the Mount. Of an angry God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my yeah, second. That one. That was, which one did you say, Glenworth? <laughs> sermon on the Mount. Sermon I on heard the Mount. Famous sermon, and I get. Oh I get no, Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Not Jesus. Okay. That's the KJV in you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm going to get a Geneva, man. I, I don't think I'm real enough. Like Geneva no, sounds no, like it's no, more no. my Bible. There you go. You should get a Tyndale Bible, too, you know, while you're on that. Hey, yeah. hey, you're getting, you're getting higher and higher on the level. Sinners <laughs> um, in the hands of an angry God. B.B. Mm. Uh, Warfield said of Edwards, Edwards stands out as one of the 
uh, as one figure of real greatness in the intellectual life of colonial America. And R.C. Sproul, who Nick mentioned, was one once described Edwards' work, Freedom of the Will, as the most important theological work ever published in America. Now, I know you've heard of Jonathan Edwards. Have you ever heard of Matt Jukes? Is he the, is he the guy who invented the jukebox? Or is he a football player? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, Nick. It's the guy who invented. <laughs> it's the guy who invented the jukebox. The jukebox. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Why not? I, I gotta. I gotta look this up. You sure. believe that? I sell you a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, may, maybe two bridges. Um, but yeah. So Max Schutz was an unbeliever, a man with no principles in his life. His wife lived and died in unbelief. And what kind of lasting uh, influence did he leave his family? Uh, among the 1,200 known descendants of Mac Jukes, 440 lives of outright debauchery, uh, excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures, 310 paupers and vagrants, 190 public prostitutes, 130 convicted criminals, 100 alcoholics, 60 habitual thieves, 55 victims of impurity, and seven murderers. Research shows that not one of Juke's descendants made a significant contribution to society. No, not one. To the contrary, this notorious family collectively cost the state of New York $1,200,000,000. A lot of money. That's how much they cost the state of New York. And now I want reparations, Nick. <laughs> I, I think you both would be repairing to me. <laughs> From his family line. So, I mean, not much of a legacy at all. But Jonathan Edwards left an incredible leg legacy as a brilliant mind uh, in America, one of the most brilliant minds ever produced. Um, and this renowned scholar was an instrument God used to bring about the Great Awakening in America, again, serving as president of the United States. Listen to this. Jonathan Edwards came from a godly heritage and married Sarah, a woman of great faith. Together, they sought to leave an entirely different legacy among his male descendants, 300 pastors, missionaries, or theological professors, 120 college professors, 110 lawyers, 60 physicians, 60 authors of good books, 30 judges, 14 presidents of universities, Numerous giants in American industry, three U.S. congressmen, and one vice president of the United States. Now, there's scarcely any great American industry that has not had one of Jonathan Edwards' descendants as its chief promoter. Such is the lasting influence of a godly man. Now, that's a legacy. Big difference. Mac Jukes, Jonathan Edwards. You see, you should have just said he made the jukebox. He made the jukebox. <laughs> I, I still don't believe that's true. <laughs> if Mac Chooks made the jukebox, it wouldn't work. <laughs> It'd be like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Buy this new jukebox. Um, so uh, in that same respect, um, how do we, how do we, 
kind of shore up certain things in our lives um, to focus on uh, living a life of purpose unto God and leaving a legacy by which others can respect. Because from what I understand, I think it was either Dylan or Nick um, that said what after two generations, no one actually remembers you at all. Was that you, Nick, in the sermon? Dylan. That was Dylan. Dylan. Okay. That was in his Psalm 90. So just imagine, right? Most of us may know our grandparents, maybe our great-grandparents' names. Do you know your great-great? And then your great-great-great, do you know anything about them at all? I don't know any of my great, I know. I, I don't go past my grandparents. They're going to know me. Okay. Glenn? They're going to know you. <laughs> They're going to know you. Next generation. Do you, do you know two past two generations back in your? Broken home. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Know. I don't know my great-grandparents at all. Uh, I, I know one of them was uh, my great-grandmother's wife. That's about it. I mean, if I did some research, I could find out. But, yeah, the I think the point is it's the lack of can in even – the desire to find out is is something that we don't even have. So I think that's the point, right? Like I could find out, but I no, I have very little recollection or interaction with with right. uh, even there's, a generation back. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's no care to even know that most mm -hmm. people have. So you're like you know, so our kids will know us, their kids will know us, but after that, we probably will be forgotten about it's kind of a kind of a somber thought you know i mean in well, all reality you know it's not important to be remembered on earth at the end of the day but to be remembered in heaven um you know uh, of course the most important thing of all um because if you're remembered on earth and nobody remembers you in heaven i mean it really doesn't matter mm. you know what i mean well, you again uh, at least uh, out of the three of us, I'll be remembered in both ways. I just, but you know, but I, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> in, uh, I think one of the areas would perhaps be um, uh, in biblical disciplines, uh, just shoring up how is your time in the word? How is your time in prayer? Um, is it consistent? Um, is it, is it growing? Is it deepening? Is it stretching out? Um, or is it, eh, whenever I get around and read my Bible, I read it, you know, I'll pray every now and again when I need something. Or do you have real communion with God uh, where you have time that you adore him and, and, and you just lavish uh, in his goodness and, and speak to him um, as, as a heavenly father and as, as his child? Uh, do you go with a uh, a hunger and a thirst to the throne of grace and just drink deeply from the word of God? Um, what is what is your intake of God's word? Is it daily? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Is it barely? If you were to be honest, kind of, you know, answer that question in your heart. Uh, what about uh, church membership? Now, notice I didn't say church attendance. Church membership, well, church attendance would be kind of underneath that. 
uh, are you a member of a church or do you just kind of visit various churches and you go to this church and you go to that church and um, you know there are some people their church is online all right Nick go ahead you're on your soapbox online church it's, uh, it's a poor, that's a poor excuse for church I'm sorry it's a poor excuse for church <laughs> sorry <laughs> It just doesn't work for me. No, it should have never been a. It should have never been a suggestion. You know, I think that right up there is like divorce. Right, it's not an option. <laughs> <laughs> I could put it up there with divorce. It's like an online hug. Yeah, <laughs> you guys feel that? I'm hugging. And then right for now. a lot of people, it's like you know, like when I was a kid, and and you know, <clears throat> I remember for days, my friend was just just bugging me about cutting class for the first time i was like no i don't want to do that now and finally when i cut that class there was nobody that could stop me from cutting <laughs> cutting the rest every day you there know? you go and and that's what it is man people were like they sit and they do the, the the home church thing and you know they like it they eat their pancakes while the while the singing is going on and you know and they go into the bathroom during the preaching and making the bed while, while the preacher's preaching. You just put it loud. You can hear it. There's no type of focus. There's nothing. There's nothing there. It's a poor, poor substitute. And yeah, don't get me started, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't, Nick, I wouldn't dream of doing that. And there's this rumor I heard of about a pastor who preached with boxer shorts on. I, I, Oh, <laughs> with all eyes on. You, you know, you know, he had a top in the suit, and the bottom was like regular pants. I mean, it things are about happening. And... You said boxer shorts. That's, that's I don't a know. New level. Look, all I know was it was not. It wasn't the dress pants. It wasn't the matching suit pants. That's all I know. Oh man. <laughs> All right, <laughs> don't don't preach in the boxers. <laughs> All right, we don't want any speedos, anything like that. It's, yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. part of the preaching. It's, it's, look, it's a it's a rumor I heard. I'm not <laughs> I'm not naming any names. I'm just saying it's a lot. A lot of things are happening from the, the thing that's not the same as in the regular church. It's not the same. No, yeah, I agree. No. And so, uh, I mean, I know someone who says, you know. Uh, Oh, my pastor's in Texas. Like, don't you live in the Bronx? <laughs> yeah, but my pastor's in Texas. <laughs> you need to go to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just think about the reality, right? Is is that pastor going to come by your bedside if you're sick? They're going to bring you a meal. They're going to, I mean, how do you do communion online? Uh, you know, you got to go to the store by yourself. And you're really celebrating it by yourself because no one on the other side of the screen even knows you. You gotta have good internet, high, you know, broadband. <laughs> yeah, it's know? all about the internet. Every time you hear something, every time you hear something convicting, you just pause it, let it <laughs> for real, you know. That's something that lasts all day. There you go. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, can you imagine? You know, you're singing how great thou art. You know, hey, pass the butter for the pancakes. <laughs> syrup is dripping. So I mean, it just yeah, I mean, it, it really makes sense. Why did why did they use the word gather in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, yeah. verse 24? It's funny. It's it's funny, Pastor Phil, because it's like uh, 
like when when my wife when I'm my wife right Nicole was sick uh, a couple of weeks ago so Francine stayed home with her you know and I went to church and you know they watched the service online but you know she's texting me like while the service is going on you know tell Jose he's got you know he looks good in his suit and this and that I got home I'm like uh you're over here watching me sway back and forth while I'm singing. You were looking at Jose and how he's dressed. Weren't you supposed to be worshiping the Lord? Like, right. Next week you coming. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, um, you know, definitely pressing in, uh, being with the people of God uh, is your, you know, how is your resolve in, you know, being with the people of God and serving um, in the local church, is it waxed and waned? Is it uh, is 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 it red hot? You know, are you just been very consistent, or were you red hot once and now you know it's the the embers are low, or not at all? Um, so, I mean, in various churches, I've seen people who were very active at one time and then boom, gone, flesh in the pan, and everything in between. So um, I think that God honors the consistency. Um, rather put one brick at a time to build the wall up rather than put one brick a year and then everybody laughs at you sort of the um, uh, using kind of a principle from Luke, four, uh, Luke chapter 14 where Jesus spoke about the cost of discipleship. And he says, whoever wants to build a tower doesn't first, down, first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he laid the foundation, he's not able to finish it. All who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. So, I mean, there's a picture of other people around you. They're, you know, they're, they're looking at you. And it does matter if the people of God, looking at the people of God and wanting to see consistency and growth. So it's a good and godly thing. Anything to add on that, brothers? I think that... Uh... I think simplicity works, you know, like in, and, and, uh, and simplicity is effective. Like, I don't, I don't want people to hear this and, and say, you know, uh, let me, let me look at Jonathan Edwards, uh, resolutions and, and, and kind of say, oh man, I'm never going to be able to, you know, resolve to do any of those things or come up with a, a, something as deep as, as what he was resolved to do. Uh, even though we should definitely use, you know, use them as a springboard and as a guide, but, uh, you know, but I think that simplicity matters. If you say something to the effect where um, I resolve to read my Bible every day, um, I resolve to pray with my wife every day, you know, and, and those are things that you are, are, are committing to live by and, and, holding yourself accountable to <clears throat> i think simplicity matters i don't think you have to be uh caught up in you know in the style and what's being you know what the other person is resolving to do you know you you resolve and and what you, you know take the baby steps i always tell people one percent better is still better you know one percent progress is still progress you know, you don't have to start with the giant steps or whatever as your heart leads, but it can be simple and, and, and the Lord will be glorified with that and you will be blessed. 
Amen. Um, and I, I think uh, just growing in spiritual disciplines and having accountability. Um, if you make resolutions, share with somebody else. Um, have some accountability with others. Your Christian life is not for you to live alone. If you take a log out of the bonfire and you put it by itself, it will extinguish. If you take the same log and put it back in a fellowship with the other logs that are on fire, it will ignite. And so that's how God created us. He, he created us to, to ignite in fellowship with the other logs of the body of Christ. Uh, not to be alone. There's no lone rangers. Jesus spent time with 12 men. Uh, he did not try to be a lone ranger. And if anybody could have been a lone ranger, it would have been Jesus. But not even did he try or model to go it alone. And so, apart from, Jesus said, apart from me, you could do nothing. So if Jesus didn't do it, why would you? If, in fact, you're doing that. Hopefully not. And so, um, you know, it's, it's good to have some accountability uh, with other brothers that you can speak to while problems are small, nip it at the bud. Um, so this is from uh, Chuck Swindoll, Chuck Coulson. Uh, they asked a few uh, accountability questions for men. Um, brothers, have you been alone with a woman? Or sisters, have you been with a man this week in a compromising way, in any kind of compromising way? Um, so in other words, if you want to, uh, uh, you know, be sexually pure, well, when you go to work, if there is, you know, a woman that has to go into your office, let's say, well, you know, leave the door open, um, you know, and just like Daniel, make make resolve of things you will and will not do so there's things you can bend on that are not moral things per se and there's other things that you just need to refuse to bend on um have you been completely above reproach in your financial dealings this week right did you cheat anybody uh in around april were you honest on your taxes and things like that uh the third one is have you exposed yourself to any sexually explicit material this week um i i i don't think that you know like robbie zacharias had this going on in his life um but david did in one sense because nathan called him on the carpet and he confessed to david and then confessed the, i'm sorry david confessed to nathan and then he confessed to the lord uh, in that regards uh the fourth one is have you spent time daily time in prayer and the scriptures this week the fifth one is have you fulfilled the mandate of your calling this week now that presumes that you have to know the mandate of your calling so you know uh, what would you say the mandate of your calling is keep neck in line keep neck in line <laughs> crack that whip glenn <laughs> uh spread the gospel um grow grow in holiness um i think th those two uh be a good be a good steward to my my son um and to spread the gospel to the lost nick what's your mandate i think primarily 
my first mandate is is to be the priest in my home um <clears throat> to disciple my family uh, to lead them spiritually and you know and make sure that they grow you know i think mm. i think that's my primary calling you know aside from what i believe that i'm being called to do by god and in, in preaching um where even in that you know it's is to stay read up is to stay prayed up um and studied up because mm. you know of the responsibilities that come behind that you want to honor god with with the gifts that he's given you you want to honor him to the fullest you know, yeah with all your being yeah the word that comes to mind to me is shepherding that, that, that i'm submitting to god's shepherding of my life that i'm shepherding my family and shepherding god's people mm. um trying to keep it simple as someone uh just said <laughs> um have you given priority uh have you given priority time to your family this week um and uh, this one is great number seven have you just lied to me <laughs> but it's a good uh, question uh oh uh so um let's kind of wrap it up uh, there's with a couple of biblical warnings uh in first corinthians chapter 10, 10 verse 6 verse 6 uh to 11 it says now these things took place as an example to us uh as it was talking about moses um and the red sea and coming through uh that we might not desire evil as they did do not be idolatrous as some of them were as it is written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the age has come. And verse 12, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands Take heed lest he fall. You know what? I'm going to read the next verse too. I can't help it. No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to, may be able to endure it. So therefore, when anyone thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. So we need to be very careful. The scriptures gives us warnings. Matthew 5.27 tells us, um, you know, looking with lust is commit adultery. Your right hand, if, you're, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Obviously, hype, uh, hyperbolic language uh, to show the seriousness. Um, and so uh, there, are, there are biblical warnings, and we should certainly take heed to the, those warnings. All right, let's start with Glenroy. Let's do our so what here. What's, what's your takeaway from all this, Glenn? What advice would you leave with our listeners? Um, I would just say, I, another thing I heard with everything that we just said is yeah. also if you're going to make a resolution, you know, obviously we just gave you a lot of good guidelines, being biblical, being things outside of yourself, being things that you constantly look at and are refreshing yourself in. 
But I would also say that if it is going to be a finite, more practical, less biblical thing, put it, put put deadlines on them because it's a deadline. You know, a goal without a deadline is is, is a dream, and you're not going to really accomplish anything that way. But I would expend most of my energy on biblical things, on things that are going to grow you in holiness, because those are things that are going to have lasting value in this life and the next. Hmm. Nick, what's your what's your takeaway? What advice would you leave? Keep it simple, and let whatever you resolve to do be centered around Christ. Hmm. I would say that um, put your Put, if you write resolutions, write them. Well, yeah, if you write them, write them. Uh, if you think of them, write them down uh, in a place that you can find them. Uh, you can put them on a computer. You could write them in a journal of some kind, but someplace. Uh, new Galaxy. To them. I was, I was, I was thinking a, that. I did, a new galaxy. I did not want to interrupt yeah. you on that, but I, I, like, I mean, um, I, I resolved to use it in a biblical manner. Yeah. There you go. Um, and so, but remember to read over the resolutions uh, once a week. Let me just, do I have this over here? Let me just grab this one. This is good. to drop that i'm not editing any of this out all right that's no problem <laughs> all right nick it's a little backwards but you can read it resolved i will live for god and if no one else does i will amen amen that's dope that's jonathan edwards so i got that to put on the wall um so they have uh i think it's christian statements and missional where they make these things you can put on the wall if you so choose. But I like that. If no one else lives for God, resolved, I still will. So, and I think that was, that's what Daniel's resolve was and his friends. No one in Babylon may live for God, but I will. They can't stop me from living for them. And, and, and they put their money, they put uh, their money where their mouth is because Daniel was going to be thrown in a lion's den ripped to shreds and his three friends uh they they were thrown in a furnace heated up seven times hotter than uh than it you know than it would be for anybody else and, and thrown into it and god was faithful um to protect them through it well as we close up here today um just want to show you do a little the little merch here made a special reformation spirit calendar all kinds of uh quotes from various reformers and various dates uh throughout reformation history so we have some pretty cool things here if you are uh, interested in one of these calendars please email us at stopandthinkcrew.com no that's not it i forgot our, uh it's no well they, i have more than one but um you can definitely email us at stop and think crew at gmail.com um and that will uh go to us if you're interested they're 25 dollars oh forget the mugs dogs oh we got some mugs as well uh christ 
our greatest treasure. So, um, and for immediate out. for immediate response, call Nick at five 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 three five five five. Amen. Um, we've tried to get somebody who is going to be sending out our newsletters, uh, so those can go out more consistently than they did this past year. Faced a lot of stuff this year, was not able to get those out, and so this year uh, resolved <laughs> trying to uh, get delegate that to someone to share about. What's happening in the ministry? We will be going out to the murder mills, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel uh, biblically, winsomely, effectively, gracefully, um, not getting up in anybody's face, but still being uh, biblical in all that we do. Continuing to go out of the streets and share the gospel. Ew, uh, people just, are always just, getting in your face, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's funny. <laughs> You're just an approachable person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i better change my daughter <laughs> um so uh continue to pray for the ministry uh the podcast here as well uh us three uh our outreaches our discipleship uh equipping the families as well uh to minister uh one to another to see family worship really thrive um, in homes so that children are being brought up in the fear and that admonition of the Lord. And we're continuing to raise up uh, heralds, uh, preachers that can preach on the streets, that can preach in the pulpits. So we want to raise up evangelistic and ex uh, preachers and expository preachers. Um, and of course, we want to continue to train up those that uh, are apologists that can defend the gospel and contend for the faith. Amen. Continue to look uh, forward for our newsletters uh, and any emails that we send out. Check out our shop, soulfishingministries.org. Well, thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it. If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You could also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener-supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax-deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It.